This is the Mark Dolan Way. Top tips for mind, body and soul, some great life hacks and my favourite products of the week. This show is available on all podcast platforms or you can watch it. Just subscribe to the Mark Dolan Way on YouTube and join the Facebook group. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the show. I hope you are very well. And this is our 50th episode. Isn't that an amazing achievement? I'm so delighted. And it wouldn't happen without you. The weekly downloads are fantastic. I have a growing audience, but more importantly than a growing audience, I have a loyal audience. So to the regulars, what can I say? Thank you for your company. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your interest. And here is to the next 50. Every week, normally a Sunday, we will keep delivering. We will keep improving your life and mine and taking this immense journey together. <clears throat> now, let me just uh, make sure everything is. I've got a little. Yeah, I don't want the old camera to wobble because we've got people watching on the YouTube. It's terribly important to maintain production value. So let me just shift this thing out of the way and pop that there. You are welcome. Uh, right, folks, we're going to do something very special on today's show to celebrate 50 episodes of the Mark Dolan way. I'm going to deliver 50 rules for life. So we've had 50 shows, 50 rules for life. And we'll start with arguably my favourite, the best one. You know, I'm a big fan of advice that doesn't involve a lot of words because less is more. So how about the three most important words in the English language? Well, what have you got? You've got I love you. I am sorry. I need help. These are all really, really good examples of three words. But this is just brilliant because... When people are going about their life, one of the things they struggle with is professionally getting things done. Procrastination has got to be up there with the number one problem people have in the modern world. Procrastination, putting stuff off, you don't want to do it. So what are those three words? The first rule for life is do bad work. Do bad work. I've mentioned it several times on this podcast because... I make no apologies for that. It's such a miraculous message. If ever you're struggling with a task, do it badly. Because when you do it badly, you have no expectation, you have no pressure. You can do anything badly, can't you? To do something perfectly and brilliantly, well, that's, you know, that's not in your hands and it's very difficult. But do it badly. Well, everyone can do something badly. And then what happens is that if you do bad work, what you'll find is that actually it wasn't as bad as you thought it was. And someone will receive your work and go, this was brilliant. Thank you so much for that. How long did it take? And you know, and I know that it was, you know, you were doing it badly. But as far as they're concerned, they're happy with it. And the reason why is because you would rather have something that's average today rather than something that's amazing tomorrow because tomorrow never comes and that's the root of procrastination is that you lie to yourself and you always put it off tomorrow never comes so if you're struggling with a task struggling with motivation you know let's say it's homework at school coursework at university some professional task maybe it's emptying the dishwasher okay just do it badly just do it badly uh, but you'll find that there's no pressure and you actually get it done. And getting things done is critical to success and a happy life. I promise you, in my career in the media, I've met so many high achievers. There's nothing special or different about them. It's just that they did the work. They just they turned up on time and they got it done. These hit sitcoms, right? How, how do you get a hit sitcom? Well, first of all, write it. You know, I know so many geniuses who have got a sitcom in them or a great book in them, but they've never actually done it. They never got around to actually writing the sitcom that's in them. You're halfway there, get it on paper. And you'll find that a lot of these very accomplished people, they took that mentality of something 
average today rather than something amazing tomorrow. They just churned it out. And I've got four words for you because you've got do bad work as our first rule for life. But you could also have four words, which is good is good enough. Okay, good is underrated. And you'll find that successful people, there's a lot of good going on and not that much OMG. Because perfectionism is a real dysfunction. And the ultra perfectionists, they never get anything done. They just stay at home being a genius, being unproductive and being unhappy. So that is our first rule for life. Do bad work. Number two, second rule for life. It's a brilliant restaurant hack. You need to do this. Restaurants are there to make money, right? They're not there to feed you. They're there to make money. It's a business. It's a mechanism with which to accrue income. You don't need restaurants. There is food at home. But we go to restaurants for a lovely experience. Someone else serve the food. Sometimes they're cooking complicated food that you couldn't do at home. I can't make a perfect curry at home, not like my local curry house. I can't do a good Thai. I certainly can't make an excellent pizza. So the things I like at home, steak. It's ridiculous going to a restaurant and having steak because you can just take a steak, a good steak from the supermarket or butcher, fry it, and you've just got a steak. It was the same as the restaurant, but a fraction of the price. But anyway, restaurants are there to make money. My job on this podcast is to help you save money and to have hack solutions for things. And the restaurant hack is absolutely genius. And it's simple. You do not have starters. You do not have dessert. You don't have dessert because I'm going to give you a little sort of sub rule for rules of life. So this is kind of rule 2A, which is don't eat sugar. Sugar is really bad for you. It's a toxin, spikes your insulin, makes you fat, causes inflammation sugar is bad, right? Sugar-free zone, do not have sugar. Um, So no dessert, sorry about that, but I'm saving you money and your health. And also no starters, because the way that restaurants work is that they make a lot of money from drinks and from starters. Because what a starter is, is it's nearly as expensive as the main, but a tiny portion. So what I want you to do with a brilliant restaurant hack, if it's two of you going out for dinner, no starter, no dessert, and you order three mains. You have your dish, your partner has their dish, and then you share a third main dish. It's incredible. So imagine you're having spaghetti carbonara. Let's imagine they are having fish and chips, and then you just have like a pizza on the side. How good would that be? And then if there's four of you eating out, you order two extra mains. So that's four people around the table, two extra mains, which are shared. And what it is, it really fixes that thing that, you know, you go to a restaurant, you order your food. And when the person that you're eating with, when their food comes, you're jealous that you didn't get what they got. It looks so much better. Well, you get to have your cake and eat it. So there you go. That's the restaurant hack. Number three, live in daytight compartments. In other words, live your day today. You are powerless to control yesterday and the days before because that's in the past. You cannot go back there. So do not dwell on things that have happened in the past. Either either good stuff. So forget about nostalgia when you had some glorious golden era professionally, some love affair that was amazing. Right. You can't bring that back. The great stuff. It's gone. Let it go. But also bad things that might have happened to you. Terrible parenting, an accident a bereavement, a professional setback, that's also behind you. You can't you can't bring back the bereaved person that you're mourning the loss of. You can't undo the mistake you made at work that got you fired. So the good stuff and the bad stuff from the past is out of your hands. So forget it. Just don't think about it. Move on. You know, I, I set the fire alarm off at work and place burnt down and I lost my job and fine, it's done. It wasn't good, but it's over. And every mistake once, that's a, that is a rule for life 3A, every mistake once. As long as you learn from your mistakes, mistakes are not a problem. So live in daytight compartments, right? Forget, I want you to now just release yourself of concerns from the past, right? It's done, it's over. It's, I'm just going to click my fingers, we're out of there. <clears throat> Similarly, you cannot control tomorrow. What happens if I get fired? What happens if I become homeless? What happens... If the area where I live is flooded, what happens if 
um, whatever, one of my kids uh, falls off his bicycle. You know, there's so many things that could happen and that's in the future and that's out of your hands as well. So you have no control over tomorrow, no control over yesterday, but you are the king and the queen of today. You're smashing it. You're owning it today. So live in daytime compartments and fix today's issues and do great, great stuff now. The power of now. OK, live in today only. Concentrate on today. Win the day. Number four, when it's cold, wear two puffer jackets. I've invented this. This is my IP. It's called the double buffer. Excuse me, puffer. <laughs> the double puffer. And what that means is if it's cold. You wear a puffer jacket. Hopefully you've got one and hopefully you've got two. Just wear them on top of each other and you will be blown away by the insulation. If you only own one puffer jacket, I would like you to go to the shops. And when your budget allows, I'd like you to buy a second one and either make sure that it's smaller than the one you've got. So it would go underneath or bigger and it would go on top. But two puffer jackets will change your life. I bought a puffer jacket in the sale. It was the wrong size. I didn't get around to giving it back. I bought the bigger size. One day it was cold, I put both on and I couldn't believe how good I felt. Double puffer, game changer. Number five, travel hack. When you're traveling, keep a spare credit card in a different bag. That means that if you're out and about on holiday and your wallet gets stolen, you have a different way of paying another credit card, which is in the hotel room, which means that your holiday can continue. Number six, there's only one book on the 50 rules for life that I am passionate about recommending and it's called The Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters and what it does is it teaches you to manage your emotions it basically says there's a a, a monkey a cheeky little chimp inside your head you don't want to kill the chimp he's neither good nor bad but he inhabits your head and you have to have him trained up he is a metaphor for your emotional brain you have to have harness his energies, control his passions and have him just well, well trained, like a well trained dog. Right. A dog is neither good nor bad. It just depends how well trained they are. Wouldn't you agree? It's the same with your emotional brain. So the chimp paradox, train your chimp and rule for life. Read the chimp paradox. Absolutely brilliant by Professor Steve Peters. Number seven, do not eat seed oils. These are called vegetable oils. They are industrially produced oils such as sunflower oil, rapeseed oil, soybean oil, cottonseed oil, corn oil. Many of them are extracted using high pressure devices in the case of corn oil, I think it, a chemical called hexane is used to strip the oil out of the corn. These oils are then often sort of filtered and deodorized. Can you imagine what a word? So they're industrially produced oils. And can I just say briefly that I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. This is just my experience. If you're going to change your diet, consult your doctor, speak to an expert. But just my personal uneducated view is that seed oils are, are completely industrially produced. They are linked to obesity, um, inflammation. And of course, I don't think they taste that good either. So my personal choice is coconut oil, which is really cheap and very healthy and natural. Although let me put a proviso in there. Some people worry about it because it's high in saturated fats. I personally am not concerned about saturated fats. And I believe that healthy natural fats are good for you. I think the problem is sugar and carbohydrates, but that is just my view. Anyway, so the oils I would recommend, extra virgin olive oil, um, a bit of um, coconut oil, as I've said, extra virgin coconut oil, which is cheap and stable. Doesn't change when you cook it, doesn't break down, doesn't oxidize. The other good oils are avocado oil, ghee, butter, lard. There you go. Those are my oil recommendations. Number eight, rule for life, barefoot walking. Once a day or at least once a week, if you can, go for a walk barefoot. And that means no shoes, no socks. You can even walk. I mean, I live in a sort of built up area. So I'll walk down the street, which is a pavement, which is concrete slabs. When I've got time, I'll get to the park and I'll walk barefoot on the grass. 
But either way, contact with the ground is really good for you. It's called grounding. It's nice for your anatomy. It's good for your physiology. And you just feel very free. And unless it's incredibly cold, then I will go and do my barefoot walking. And it's made me very happy. Barefoot walking. And you can get barefoot running shoes, which I don't recommend, by the way. I don't recommend running barefoot. I think that's very hard on your feet. But for walking, I think they're great. And I've got some barefoot running shoes, which I walk in, walk in. What are barefoot running shoes? They're just, they're just shoes with an ultra thin sole. You don't need to go out and buy the fancy ones. In fact, you can get a regular pair of Converse and just remove the insole that comes with the shoe and you'll find that it's a very thin sole. It doubles up as a barefoot shoe. Uh, number nine, take a cold shower every day. Proven health benefits, reduce stress, uh, help with fat burning. It wakes you up. It's like having a cup of coffee. You just start with your feet and legs and then your hands and your arms and then you go into your core. But I love the cold shower. I have a cold shower. Whenever I have a shower, it's cold. The only time I warm up the water is to get the shampoo off my hair because if you've ever had cold water on your head for a sustained period of time, you start to like get a brain freeze. You start to get like a cold head. It's very distressing, but I love the cold shower. I know it's horrific. I know you hate the idea, but just give it a try and make it a habit. And I promise you, you won't regret it. Rule for knife number 10, welcome criticism, own it. I am a comedian as well as current affairs broadcaster and podcaster. And as a comedian, um, I've had some harsh reviews and I've had some good ones. The harsh ones are much more useful, of course. And sometimes that they say stuff in those reviews, which is very helpful. Well, they'll say, oh, he, he has this habit of, I don't know, repeating the punchline or something. And you're like, oh, I didn't know I did that. And so you take that criticism and, and you use it to make yourself better. So what I want you to do is I want you to bathe in the criticism. Your colleague at work says, oh, you you know, that company report you did was really sloppy. It was full of mistakes. Just bathe yourself and I go, thank you for telling me. I'll make sure that the next one is not full of mistakes. It will be a better company report. And then you make yourself a better person and you become more employable and your colleagues appreciate it. And you know, Steve did a bad company report. Now he's done a good one because he heard the feedback. He embraced it. He took it on board. I mean, that's what bosses want, right? If something's not, if they're not happy with your performance, all they want you to do is take it on board the problem. They don't want to fire you. They just want you to acknowledge what the issue is so that you're going to get better. I have that at work. I My colleagues are brilliant because I can say stuff to them and I know that it will change them because I'll be like, look, we've done this thing. It was bad for the show. They take it on board and then they don't do it again. And so then the show is better and I can work with those people because I can make them better. And by the way, they make me better too. And they say, oh, look, you know, this was good or that was bad. And then I can improve as well. Sometimes you've got people who won't take stuff on board. And whether it's in a relationship, like a personal relationship, whether it's a colleague, a romantic partner, a friend, if your feedback cannot change them at all, there's no capacity for them to take on board stuff and adapt and change. I don't think you've got a relationship and certainly in a professional context, I'm going to be brutal and say that somebody can't, that cannot take on board criticism, cannot adapt and change, is not investable. They're just not. If they're just going to stay the same, with the good stuff and the bad stuff, and they can't evolve, they can't improve, they can't self-criticize, then, you know, it's a non-starter. So I'm afraid there you go. But welcome criticism, own it and understand the difference between good criticism, which is somebody that wants the best for you. Like, let's say your partner is honest and go, look, you do this thing and it's really bad. Right. They've got your best interests at heart. Your parents normally they've normally got your back, haven't they? And um, know the difference between that and a bad actor, somebody that does not have your interests at heart. So some criticism can be a way of hurting and undermining you. Um, and it, what it is, is it's like not constructive criticism. It's destructive, maybe abusive, where you're just a rubbish person. You're worthless. You're this, you're that. Identify that negative, unwelcome criticism. Understand that that's motivated by something bad and you ignore that. So you take on board the good criticism, ignore the bad criticism. Addiction hack number 11. I mean, it's funny this, isn't it? Because it won't take a lot of explaining, even though it's a massive thing, which is addiction. Um, 
Alan Carr is the late smoking guru. He wrote a book called The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. He's got one about drinking, um, which also references drugs. He's got one about sugar. He's got one about smartphones. The Alan Carr, the whole mechanism is called The Easy Way. Anyway, Google Alan Carr Easy Way, smoking, alcohol, drugs, addiction, you name it. He invented, created this amazing mechanism by which to free yourself from addiction. It's very different to things like Alcoholics Anonymous, which takes the idea that you're an alcoholic, you always will be, and that you've got to get through every day, the 12-step program. I'm not going to knock it because it's worked for many people, but I prefer the Alan Carr protocol. Um, and the very essence of it as a rule for life is the way to free yourself from addiction is to understand that you're missing nothing if you don't have that thing to which you're addicted so what i mean by that is if you want to if you drink and you want to not drink anymore you'll never be free you'll never break the addiction if you're thinking well i'm not going to have alcohol which is so sad because wedding's going to be boring and it tastes so good and i found it so relaxing and i'm just going to have this horrible existence without alcohol because i've got to stop drinking that's very negative and you'll never be free from that you'll there'll always be a sort of ticking time bomb until you then go back and have a drink. Because if you think you're missing out on that substance, then it controls you. So what you have to do is understand, let's say it's alcohol, and understand that if you don't drink, what that means is that you are free from hangovers. You have more money in your wallet. You won't be shouting at your friends and family anymore because you're hungover or tired from a big night the night before your work is going to improve your skin is going to improve you're going to live longer you're going to have a smile on your face it's just a world of great 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 is that absence of alcohol is all these amazing things you see immediately the sound of that sounds great doesn't it you know let's imagine you spent 50 pounds a week on alcohol that is £2,400 a year. That is an unbelievable trip to New York every year, isn't it? So it's like, wow, I don't, I, I, I'm without alcohol and I'm going to New York. I mean, you could go to New, that's two, that's two holidays, isn't it? £2,400. Imagine that. So the way that you overcome addiction is to understand that the, the, the thing is giving you nothing, that it's negative, it has no value, and that without it, there's is all the great stuff. It's a positive mechanism and it makes you free and it's uh, marvellous. So there you go. Uh, right. Uh, number 12, do difficult things. This show is about putting you in the top 5%, which means that you're going to go differently to others. Do difficult things means it's human nature to like want an easy life and to cut corners and stuff. People at work, you know, there's only a small percentage that will give give an extra, go the extra mile. Everyone else will do as little as possible, right? That's human nature because I think nature is about preserving resources. But if you do difficult things, which the others don't want to do, it will give you self-confidence because you've taken on this hard thing and then you got through it and you did it and you achieved it like an ultra marathon or something or a task at work that no one else wanted to do and you managed to like succeed. That's where you get self-confidence. You don't get self-confidence from just saying, I'm great 10 times a day in front of the mirror. You get self-confidence by doing difficult things and getting through it. And then you're like, wow, look at that. I did an ultra marathon. You become more confident. Oh, I I did. I, I made a speech at work. No one wanted to do it. I stood up and made the speech. I'm absolutely buzzing. I feel more confident now. I've seen it with other people. So seek out difficult things because that will put you in the top 5%. It will make you more employable. And it will make you very confident. Number 13, think different. Challenge narratives. Challenge dogma. Oh, this is the way we do it. The number of times in, in an industry where you'll pitch a new idea and they go, no, no, that never works. So nobody knows anything about anything. James Dyson went to, he went to, to uh, Hoover, which is a vacuum cleaner company. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd like to sell you my idea, which is, a vacuum cleaner with no bag because the bags are, are, are dirty and expensive. It will be a bagless vacuum cleaner. It's just going to be a cylinder inside the device which you empty into the bin. 
They said it will never work. They laughed at him. He's now a billionaire. Why? Because he thought differently. He broke the rules. Michael O'Leary, Ryanair, he told passengers, do you know what? You're going to pay for your own bags and you're going to pay for your own meal. And you're going to print out your own boarding pass. This is all heresy. And this was against how things were done in the airline industry. A massive success. So think differently in your own life. Be more Michael O'Leary. Be more... Um, be more James Dyson. Number 14, Run to Your Fear. Okay, brilliant book by Susan Jeffers called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Do not be imprisoned by fear. If there's something that you're afraid of, then accept and acknowledge that fear and do it anyway. Okay, Michael Caine, the wonderful actor, said you become what you fear. The thing that like makes you nervous, you trepidation about. If you sort of crack on and just sort of address that and run towards the thing you're afraid of, you will master it and then it becomes like nothing. So the stories of people who, Woody Allen, the comedian, he's like, I'm a writer, I'm not a performer. I'm not a performer, right? He's terrified. He was so scared as a comedian that when he started, his agent complained. He said, I can't see your face because you're literally hiding behind the microphone while you're on stage. He became a very accomplished stand-up comedian. You become what you fear. Run to your fear. Your fear is a signal that that's the thing you should be doing. And again, doing things which are scary will put you in the 5% because most people are risk averse. You know, in business, it's all about a gamble. It's all about taking a chance. Now we've got number 15. I love this one. Very passionate about this one. If it's hard for you, it's hard for everyone. So if you're doing something in life and you're struggling and it's going badly and you just find it hard, like hard, it's like, don't worry. It's not hard because you're inadequate. It's not hard because you're underprepared. It's not hard because you're untalented. It's hard because it's hard. I've just come back from skiing, right? And when you when you hit the ice, you're just all over the place. You've not got no control. Now, for years, I'd be like, I'm such a bad skier. I was so bad on the ice. Then I watched the others. I talked to my brother-in-law. He's like, oh, I skied so badly today. He's a really good skier, you know. He's like, I skied like a beginner. And it's because it was icy and it's just hard. So if it's hard for you, it's hard for everyone. I used to do a lot of corporate gigs. They're hard, right? Because you're like, telling jokes to a room full of people that are drunk, not really listening. And, you know, first few times I, I, I struggled and um, I just thought, there you go. I'm not a good enough comedian. It's like, no, it's just that those gigs were hard. If it's hard for you, it's hard for everyone. So do not beat yourself up when you're finding something difficult. It's difficult because it's difficult. Uh, number 16, dye your clothes. If you're bored of clothes, change the color. Dylon is a great company and they do these little cylinders, all different colors. And it this, this plastic thing, it goes in with the washing and you just do it in a normal machine. And I've had like white shirts that I was bored of. I've turned it to pink. I've got yellow shirts, bored of a jumper, goes from green to black. But dyeing your clothes is a great way of uh, just updating your wardrobe without going shopping. And the other really good thing is quite often a lot of clothes like cotton, they go faded, don't they? So if you've got some blue chinos that you really like, but the blue has kind of started to wear out, just dye them blue again and they'll be as good as new. Names, very important to remember people's names. When someone is born, they're given a name and that is the word they hear every day for the rest of their life. It really matters to them. What they're called is central to their existence. So therefore, if you remember someone's name and you use their name, you are bestowing such value on them. You're demonstrating that they matter and that you care to them. I could have a little uh, rule for life 17B, which is um, everything is messaging in life. Everything is a message. So if you're late for a meeting with someone the message is they don't matter i know i know they do i know you don't mean that but that's the message okay forgetting someone's birthday you're busy understandably but the message is that that person didn't matter 
everything is messaging. And so remembering someone's name, that is a message that they matter. And that is powerful. So you go, hello, Stephanie, how are you? She's like, wow, he remembered my name. He values me. And then when, when, when you value someone, they will value you. It's also human nature to like people that like you. So if you like people, make a habit of liking people, find the best in people and they'll find the best in you. It's a virtuous circle. Steve likes me. I like Steve. Who doesn't like someone that likes them? It's amazing. You know, don't fake it. Don't pretend to like someone you don't. But seek out the positives in people and the values and they'll do the same. Um, so that is your names. It's it's really good. And I do it with call centers. I call up a call center and I need some help with a electricity bill or something and I write down their name I say what's your name or I write down their name and I go thank you so much Muhammad for your excellent help and have a nice day and he's like oh he remembered my name they appreciate it all people do uh, number 18 great food hack um meat things like beef right you can buy the very toughest piece of beef beef is in my opinion beef is really good for you it's full of omega-3 fatty acids. It's uh, vitamin B12. It's iron. It's excellent protein. I love beef. But it can be very expensive. A steak will cost you seven or eight pounds. That's wild. But I buy the very cheapest meat. So sometimes I buy mince, minced meat, or I can just buy a sort of big old chunk of stewing beef, like a brisket, right? Really tough. That stuff is cheap. I mean, I bought a kilo of stewing beef, like brisket beef, grass-fed, not organic, but just grass-fed. I think it cost me about £7.50 for a kilo of meat. And all you do, it's very simple, you just boil it for three hours. Okay, so it just goes into some salty water, bring it to the boil, put a lid on, and then it simmers. So you don't have to boil, boil, but just make sure it's bubbling. So simmering, the water shouldn't be still. The water's got gentle bubbling along with the lid on and leave it for three hours. And when you come back, that meat will be as soft as anything. It was very cheap because it was tough, but you then got yourself all this amazing meat. It's delicious and you'll save a fortune. And I've done that with the minced meat as well. Take a big old block of mince and I'll boil it. Um, if you fancy, I can recommend a pressure cooker. You can get a stovetop pressure cooker for as little as 30 pounds. You can get an electric one for 50, 60 or 70 pounds. Um, I prefer them because I think they're safer because you've got the sort of mechanism of the lid and all the rest of it. If you use the stovetop one, be careful because they can explode. So you know, follow the instructions. But uh, boiling meat is an absolute game changer. I highly recommend it. Number 19, it's only number 19, but it's one of the key messages of the whole podcast and it is cut your carbohydrates. Now, listen, I know you've heard it a lot, so I don't want to labor it. I really don't want to um, be too repetitive, but it's absolutely game changing number 19. With the carbohydrates, what happens is that is carbohydrates are things like rice, pasta, bread, potatoes, sugar and beer. And even though some of those things like pasta or beer are not sweet or bread, the minute it hits your gut, it turns to sugar and it shifts your blood glucose up. And then what happens is that you get insulin, which is a hormone whose job it is to regulate blood sugar. And the insulin takes the glucose in your blood, which has been caused by the carbohydrates, and it stores it as fat. So that's why you get fat. And then when you get so fat and you having too many carbs for years and years and years, you get something called insulin resistance where the insulin doesn't even work anymore and it doesn't reduce the blood sugar and that is diabetes, type 2 diabetes. So cut the carbs and you will have energy and you will lose weight. Absolute game changer and so simple. So the mechanism by which you lose weight is by keeping your insulin down because when the body is in a high insulin state, you're storing fat, those fat cells will not open. When your body is in a low insulin state, the fat cells open. That means that even when you're not eating, your body just consumes itself. And that's why you get thin. If you want any resources there, Dr. David Unwin, an NHS GP, and he's known as Low Carb Doctor, I think on Twitter, Dr. David Unwin. <coughs> the dietdoctor.com website, which is excellent, has a subscription part, but you don't need that. A lot of the stuff on the, on the website that's free will, will get you as, as far as you need to go. Um, that's really good. Dr. Ken Berry, uh, Dr. Eric Berg, 
on YouTube. These guys are all heroes to me. Uh, but let me just say, do consult your doctor. I'm not an expert. Uh, take responsibility is number 20. I think that ties in with uh, what I said earlier about people being investable. Um, if you make a mistake, own it. You say, I, me I messed up and I'm really sorry and I won't do it again. So when you watch a football manager after a game, the bad managers are the ones that blame the referee, blame the opposition, blame the fans, blame the weather. The good managers are like, we were not good enough, but we will be better next week. So take responsibility. Amazing, amazing thing. I've had colleagues that messed up. They put their hand up and they go, sorry, my bad. That is like music to my ear. I've completely, completely forgiven them. But the ones that don't take responsibility, go, oh, no, it wasn't me or this or that. It's like, oh, please, 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 please. Uh, number 21, sleep hungry. Well, that ties in with intermittent fasting. So what you do is you eat in as short a time window as possible, because that means that when you're not eating, your insulin comes down and the fat cells will open. So that would involve, uh, in an ideal world, probably having your first meal at, let's say, midday and having your last meal at six or seven in the evening. And that leaves many hours in which you're not eating for the insulin to come down, for the fat cells to open. And as long as you're eating low carb food, which would be meat, fish, eggs, um, green leafy vegetables, berries, the only fruit really that's recommended under a low carb protocol, natural fats. If that's the stuff you're eating, you won't get the hunger swings anyway, and you can go to bed a little bit hungry, but sleep hungry. So uh, if you want to start, by the way, if that sounds a bit full on, the sort of 12 p.m. to, to 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. thing, uh, what you could start by doing is just don't eat after seven. And make that your first thing. You eat, as, eat as whenever you want before that, but just stop at seven. And what happens is you go to bed at like, let's say, 10 or 11 You've not eaten for three or four hours. So the digestion has happened, which means that you're going to get more restful sleep. Your body's not busy working, digesting food. Imagine when you're asleep, if there's food in there, it's just going to sit there and rot. That's what it does. So, and your body's having to work hard to digest it. So if you go to bed like more or less on an empty stomach, having had dinner earlier, um, you're going to get deep restorative sleep and you'll be thinner the next day. Uh, it's amazing. So sleep hungry, intermittent fasting. Dr. Jason Fung, S-F-U-N-G, F-U-N-G. Dr. Jason Fung is very good on fasting on YouTube. Again, consult your doctor at all times. I'm not an expert. Uh, number 22, stick with it. Okay, in life, stick with it. There's a lot of challenges out there. People will want you to fail. Things are difficult, but it's only you that can guarantee your own failure. It's only you that can stop the dream from happening right and the way that that happens is when you quit so be relentless never give up so many people made it later in life stick with it only you decide when the dream is over and ideally that's never stick with it uh, number 23 fail big and with conviction because when you are not afraid of failure that's when you can innovate some amazing solutions right a lot of things were were just, you know, a gamble for people, inventions, all the rest of it. Who was it? Um, the chemist that saw the mould in his strawberry jam and decided to, like, test it out. And he accidentally discovered antibiotics from that. Arthur Guinness burnt the hops whilst making beer and he carried on the process. And that was the creation of stout, which was Guinness. So fail big and with conviction. I think Nike actually give people promotions if they fail. They're like expected to fail once a month because it means that they're trying stuff out and they're experimenting. Fail big and with conviction. So many people, I think it was Walt Disney's first animation company went bankrupt. Number 24, make commitments. Make a commitment to your colleagues. Make a commitment to your partner. Make a commitment to yourself, right? I'm only going to have alcohol once a week. Um, this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Marry them. Um, this is a colleague that I really want to be part of the business. Hire them, give them a contract, lock them in, give them shares, make a commitment. In life, everyone tries to get by, you know, they have their cake and eat it. We're like sort of got somebody in the team and let's see how it goes. And it's like, commit to them, commit to things, commit to your, uh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to cut the carbohydrates, right? I'm going to start a week on Tuesday, commit to it. Just make that decision. So many people don't make a decision, but when you make a decision, you go, right, we're going to go for this, then the sky is the limit. Make a commitment and stick with it. I promise you. See what commitments you can make today and lock it in.
So this year I've decided to improve my German. That is a commitment and I will do it. I will do it. Uh, 25. Skip lunch on holiday. When you're on holiday, you want, especially if you're staying in a hotel, the breakfast is normally included. So have an amazing, massive breakfast. Eat enormous amounts. That will carry you through to lunch. You don't need lunch. Okay, just get a coffee at lunch or water or something, right? And then you have an amazing dinner. You don't need lunch on holiday. Skip it. It's too many meals and you're going to come back massive. If you're having breakfast, lunch and dinner, forget it. You've got no chance and you won't enjoy your dinner. You should be starving for dinner on holiday. I think for me on holiday, the dinner is the centerpiece of the day. The whole day is geared towards that evening dinner, isn't it? Drinks and dinner. Yes, please. So on holiday, you have a massive breakfast, skip lunch, big dinner. <laughs> uh, number 26, use wool detergent in your laundry. Um, and that's because it actually cleans just as well as regular detergent, but it hasn't got all of the hardcore chemicals in which means it's better for your skin when you wear those clothes. It's also better for the clothes. They don't lose their color so much. Just wool detergent is not exclusive to woolen clothes, okay? Use it for all of your clothes. How are we doing for time? 10 minutes to go. Oh my goodness, we're gonna power through these. Uh, drink to thirst. Again, just my opinion. I'm not convinced about this whole two liters of water a day thing. I know that's controversial, but <clears throat> I think we have a mechanism which is when we get thirsty, we, we, we have hydration. And obviously water is, is a brilliant thing. But you know, I have very weak coffee in the morning. I have, I probably have, I probably have, I probably drink nearly a liter of coffee, but that sounds really outrageous and bad, doesn't it? But first of all, the first cup is caffeinated. The second cup is decaf. I know I'm very complicated. I'm a very complicated person, but I have it so weak. It's almost water. So that's my hydration for the day right and then there's there's liquid in food there's liquid everywhere but anyway i i only drink to thirst um the only time i up it is if i'm in a hot country and also if i'm doing exercise i do disproportionately have more or if i'm going on a sort in a sauna or something but drink to thirst is something that works for me uh number and also by the way you know it's just this thing i i, I you know obviously i'd like to speak to an expert about this but I cannot logically see how having loads of water while you're having dinner is good for digestion. How can it be that like guzzling water whilst you're eating your meal, how is that good for digestion? The stomach, hydrochloric acid, it's supposed to be like burning full of acid, isn't it? To digest and break down the food and you're like flooding it with water. I'm not feeling it, but there you go, each to their own. <clears throat> 28, listening is a superpower. It costs you nothing. Just listen to what people say. Listen to what your partner says. Because communication is the main reason for relationship breakdowns. It's the main reason for problems in a professional setting as well. Well, there's two things to communication. One is A, communicate. So that's actually very, that, that is actually rule uh, 28B, which is communicate. If there's stuff on your mind, get it out, better out than in. Giving people around you a chance to improve and be better by you telling them what you think of them. Okay, so do communicate, you know, Bob, I don't like it when you um, go around with your stinky socks or whatever. Like, you're giving Bob a chance to be like, oh, thanks for telling me about that. I didn't know. Thank you for telling me about the socks. I'll, I'll make sure I wash them, All right? Rather than getting angry about Bob's socks, but not saying anything. But that's what people do. They just like brew on things. They sit on things. But anyway, listening is a superpower. You listen to your partner, that relationship will last. Listen to your colleague, that relationship will last and thrive. Listen to your friends and that will last. Listening is a superpower. I think only 5% of people do it because 95% of people are thinking about themselves and what's in their head and what they care about. But listen to others and it will help you unlock an awful lot. 29's genius. It's four words. Give it three seconds. If you're struggling with a task... Just give it three seconds. I'm not even joking. Give it three seconds because the hardest thing with tasks is starting. And what will happen is that after three seconds, you'll be on your way. Give it three seconds. I promise you, try it. Try it after this podcast. Give it three seconds. It works. My tax return, oh, horrible. Literally three seconds and you're in. And the reason why is because starting is hard. Number 30, know your value at work and in relationships as well. Sometimes you'll have a negative relationship where the person makes you feel worthless. And that's because they don't love themselves, they hate themselves, so they hate you. 
And that is a sort of abusive, negative relationship. Um, it's all too common. And they can't hurt you if you know your value. Normally abusers, negative people, will seek out individuals who are slightly broken, who don't have a high value, high self-value. They love that. That's perfect breeding ground for them. That's a perfect material. So know your value and understand that most likely your value is higher than you think it is. You're cleverer than you think you are. You're funnier than you think you are. You're nicer than you think you are. You're more popular than you think you are. You're better at your job than you think you are. You're cleverer, more gorgeous. You're a lot more of everything than you think you are. So know your value. Please. I really mean that one. Um, number 31, embrace collaboration. You've got extraordinary people around you, your friends, your family, your colleagues. Work with them. Many hands make light work. Number 32, tailoring. Um, buy cheap clothes, such as a cheap suit, which is a bit too big, and then get it tailored. You go to one of those alteration places, normally part of like a dry cleaner's laundrette, um, and you spend the money that you've saved on buying the cheap clothes to have them altered, and then you're going to have a tailor-made suit. So I'll go to a kind of bog-standard sort of shop like Primark, buy a suit. It's too big. And then I go in and see this lady, and she, she takes in the jacket, she lengthens the sleeves, she adjusts the trousers. And that cost me a bit, but between that and the cheap suit, it's still much cheaper than a really posh tailor-made suit. Um, tailoring. It's just a lovely thing. You get Maybe like you buy, there's a shirt in the sale in a shop and you really like it, but it's, I don't know, it's a bit, it's too big or it's too wide or something. Buy the shirt and, and then get it taken in and you'll have the best ever shirt. People are limited to buying things that actually fit them. Well, that's madness. They don't have to fit. You get them tailored. It's also a good way of rescuing old clothes that you've fallen out of love with. Um, the, I don't know if you're watching on YouTube, but if you are, I can tell you this, this jumper was X. XXL from the supermarket. I bought a jumper in the supermarket. It's a wool jumper. And, oh God, you know, it was like maybe 15 pounds. It's lamb's wool, but enormous, like a tent. Got it tailored for, I think, 15, maybe 20 pounds. And I now have a jumper that I absolutely love. Um, number 33, follow your gut. Number 34, what people think of you is none of your business. Number 35, write down lists, things that you want, your to-do list of the day and get some nice pen and paper. I've got some coloured pens here, which cost me £1.50 and I absolutely love them. They put me in a really good mood. Number 36, build good habits. OK, I can recommend another book, actually, Atomic Habits by James Clear. We have bad habits. You can get rid of them and you can also build good habits. We're doing the right thing every day, such as, I don't know, stretching or press-ups um, that can be your habit too learning another language but uh, replace bad habits with good habits atomic habits james clear just speeding up because we're running out of time hope you don't mind number 37 um, this is from michael j fox a brilliant actor who has parkinson's and he said the key to happiness and for him getting through the symptoms of his illness is he said i go about my life with maximum acceptance and minimum expectation so in other words, he doesn't expect that he's going to be able to do too much in his day because of the disease. And he has a maximum acceptance, which means that he accepts he's got the disease. There's nothing he can do about it. So high acceptance, low expectation is a brilliant thing for life. Did I forget one? No, I think I did it quickly, didn't I? What people think of you is none of your business is 34. 38. Uh, reality is overrated. Um, businesses on entrepreneurs they start a business if you give them the odds of whether they'll be successful it's like minus minus 300 percent any chance of being successful listen to a podcast with uh, jeff bezos of amazon and he said look you know when you start a business you've got to tell your investors we're probably going to fail um so but who cares and that the reality is you're not going to be successful, right? The reality is you, you can't afford it. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. Uh, but reality is overrated. Live the dream. Do it anyway. Okay, defy reality. Uh, number 39, sore throats. Um, the way you avoid a sore throat is by covering your neck in the winter. It's so simple. Cover your neck. 
And an excellent cure for sore throats is really strong mouthwash. Uh, number 40, by the way, that works on 39A um, mouth ulcers as well. Hardcore mouthwash, Listerine, or an excellent British product called Corsidil. When you've got a mouth ulcer, you just you, you keep that liquid in your mouth for like ages. I'll do it for like three or four or five minutes just on the mouth ulcer. And it, it just, the mouth ulcer remains, but the pain is gone. Oh, the other big thing with sore, sore throats, by the way, is, is hot liquids. Because it draws, it brings fresh blood to the um, infected area. And sometimes you, you can actually feel it pop. The tonsil will pop because of the warm water. It kind of opens it up. It's really good. Um, instant change. Um, I'm a big fan of Dr. Phil in America, who's a kind of broadcaster and um, therapist. And uh, he said something so clever, which he said, the reason, the reason for problems is often very complex and long-standing and just, yeah, really big deal. He said, but the solutions are often so simple. So the background, the reason why you've got this problem is, for God's sakes, we spent 20 years of therapy working that one out. But the fix, the solution is easy peasy. So I'm a great believer in instant change. Um, there are very complex reasons why you might be a late person. Very complex. Fear of failure, bad habits from the family, God knows what. But lateness, right? It's, it's, a, it's a pathology. It's a big problem. And the reasons for it are complex. But the solution is easy, which is, be 15 minutes early for every appointment right don't don't be on time just be early and i'm seeing the doctor at f midday be there at 11 45 you've got a buffer for traffic any other unexpected problems <clears throat> so complex problem easy solution and that ties in with instant change right there are some things that's gonna be hard for you to change you can't suddenly become an, an, ath an athlete or lose lose 20 kilos in a day but there are some things where you can have instant change and one is that you can be not a late person instantly. It's amazing. It's just bang. You know, I, I would click my finger. You're not a late person anymore. Why? Because you can be on time. You can be early. It's within your power, isn't it? You can. So that's instant change. So you've gone from, I've been a late person for 30 years. I'm not late anymore. Done. So um, seek out those areas for instant change. By the way, I think if you cut the carbs, you will have instant change. Because when the carbohydrates come down, uh, you can lose couple of hundred 300 grams of fat every single day well over 10 days that's three kilos imagine uh right we've got to power through this haven't we? we've got to stop in just a few minutes um number 41 survival is success okay don't put too much pressure on yourself if you're still if you if you're still getting through it and you, you've you've survived something, you know, survivalist Jerry Seinfeld is talking about comedian, a very successful comedian. But he said, look, if you're if you're on stage and you're still telling jokes twenty years later, you know, you're still a comedian. You survived. You made it. You are successful. Okay, so survival is a great thing. It's not to be underrated. My dad suffered greatly in the recession of nineteen ninety. He lost so much, but he kept trading. He survived, just about kept going. He survived. He made it through. He lost stuff, but he was still trading at the end of it. Survival is success. Um, 42, alcohol. Alcohol is a drug, except that. Forget that it's not a food. Um, it's not, it is not good for you. End of. I'm sorry, it isn't. But it's also relaxing and sociable and enjoyable. I, I, I drink sort of, you know, in a pulsatile way, like intermittently, maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks. Uh, there are occasions and I think it's fun. It's a blessing. I think it tastes good and it's enjoyable and it can un unlock things creatively. But I don't think it's part of daily life, in my opinion. I wouldn't recommend that for you. So I think having days off is big um, and understand that it is it is um, a drug and it's not your friend and you control it and you decide when it's in your life and when it's not. And if it's uh, more negative than not on a continuous basis, get rid and you'll be free. Uh, 43, improvise through life. Okay, so of course you do your preparation, you've got a bit of a plan, but go with the flow and understand that, you know, being a bit flexible makes you a very attractive colleague, friend and partner. 44, um, if you want to concentrate at work or anywhere else, you can wear headphones, but with no sound. So, you know, those over the ear headphones that kind of create this sort of pocket of silence. 
put them on and you don't even need music, right? You're just in this bubble of quiet. And I find that get a lot of work done in a professional environment when I have the headphones on, but with no sound. Uh, love bomb your weaknesses is not number 45. Things that you're not good at, uh, focus on them and make them your strengths. So we're back to the skiing, I'm afraid. But when I was skiing, you know, the one thing that freaks me out is the kind of hard snow and the ice. So I recently just spent ages looking for the hard snow and looking for the icy bits just to acclimatise myself and make the thing that I'm worst at and the thing I'm most afraid of the thing that I'm good at. And got to the end of the holiday and I was actually enjoying the icy parts of the mountain more than the fluffy snow. Love bomb your weaknesses. Number 46, um, cooking in the kitchen. Parmesan cheese is an excellent thickener for sauce and this would involve cream. So what you do is you have single or double cream and then when you grate Parmesan cheese into it, it makes it thicker. So it's an excellent thickener. Let me give you the most delicious sauce that I just use all the time. You take fresh parsley, loads, loads. Why am I shouting? Um, a big old handful of parsley, right? Chop it up. Fry the parsley in butter or olive oil gently until it sort of softens. Then you add loads of cream and then salt and black pepper. You warm it up. You don't boil it. I don't think it's good for the cream to boil it. So just, you know, heat it up, simmer it. And then you graze in Parmesan cheese and then stir it. And then it makes the sauce thick. And you've got this incredible creamy parsley sauce. Some people thicken their sauces with wheat, which I don't like. By the way, that could be another little 46B, which is go gluten-free because gluten is an allergen for most people. I mean, yes, it's a sort of spectrum. Some people can tolerate it quite well, but we're not really supposed to be eating gluten. So go gluten-free. The good news about going gluten-free is that you will bring your carbohydrates down automatically. Because gluten is in the carbohydrates, it's in the bread, it's in the beer, it's in the pasta. Um, but yeah, so this parsley creamy sauce, and it goes so well with things like salmon. Absolutely delicious. You can also change the parsley to dill. That works. But I'm a big fan of the, the old parsley sauce. Uh, number 47, don't lie. Uh, no one has got that good a memory. Just be straight with people. And if people can trust you and believe you, that's a massive currency. And if you lie once, can they ever believe you again? One lie is enough to lose all your credibility. All you've got is your reputation. Uh, 48, uh, we said go sugar-free. Sugar's terrible. Uh, replace it with stevia, erythritol or xylitol. Erythritol I love. Uh, by the way, all three of those are natural. Um, erythritol is a sort of plant sugar, contains no calories. Uh, when you look at the packet, it says 100 grams of carbohydrate, which is massive. But then it says uh, of which polyols 100%. So in other words, polyols are these plant sugars which just pass through you. The insulin remains flat on zero. You just don't digest them. It doesn't change your blood sugar level and it tastes sweet. So erythritol is, I'm a big fan of erythritol and a big fan of stevia where you can get different flavored stevia drops on Amazon. Um, you can get vanilla, you can get regular. If you get the regular, it's got a strange aftertaste. It's better than when you have stevia with something that's got like a strong flavor. My lemonade recipe is very popular, which is... Um, Squeeze lemons, water, and then stevia. And because of the acid of the lemons, it takes away the aftertaste of sweet stevia and you have just excellent, excellent um, lemonade. The other one would be my sugar-free hot chocolate, which is 100% cocoa with no sugar. So pure cocoa powder. Now heat that up in a pan with milk and then a few drops of regular stevia. And that is the most incredible hot chocolate. Um, number 49, buy a sad lamp because we don't get enough light in the modern world. And so if you are looking at a bright, sad lamp for half an hour a day, it will boost your mood and your health. And last but not least, lift heavy things slowly. Um, aerobic is great, going running, going uh, swimming, but, and walking, of course, they're all good, not gonna knock it. But most people over 35, you start losing muscle mass. If you lift heavy things very slowly, first of all, that gets rid of the, the, the sugar stored in your muscles, which is called glycogen. So that will bring your blood sugar down, that'll bring insulin down, that's more fat burning. But also you're gonna grow your muscles, which makes you look more toned. Um, and when I do, I do heavy lifting once a week. I do 
with a, with a colleague that knows what he's doing, but really heavy stuff very slowly because it's harder when it's slow. Try doing slow press-ups versus fast press-ups and you'll know what I mean. And it's miraculous. So lift things, very heavy things, very slowly once or twice a week under professional guidance. Those are your 50 rules for life. And here are to the next 50 episodes. Thank you for your company. Thank you for watching and listening. And I'll see you next time on The Mark Dolan Way. Goodbye. Goodbye.